So, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and today we're talking about 2021 Dune, which is on HBO Max and also in theaters. This one is directed by Dennis Villeneuve. Kind of have a love-hate relationship with him. Your love relationship with him. I do not. So, he has done three movies that I love very much, which are Prisoners, Enemy, and Sicario. And they were all kind of back to back to back. He was on his way to stardom. And then he did Arrival, which was ooh, not a good movie. This one is a remake, reimagining of 1983 Dune. I think there was also one that was on sci-fi, maybe in the early That's 2000s. Correct. This is a science fiction movie directed by Dennis Villeneuve, obviously. There's a couple of different writers, so Jordan Spates, Dennis Villeneuve, Eric Roth, and it's based on a novel by Frank Herbert, which I guess that needs to be said first. It was a series of novels first, then turned into a movie. Here's a novel that came out in the 1960s by Frank Herbert. This one stars Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendaya. And- Zendaya. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come on, man. See, you know what? You can tell you don't like a movie, man. Like, I'll just give you a score at the beginning and <laughs> take quick, like, right. butchering the intros. And the synopsis is featured adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. So the movie starts off talking about spice. Yeah. Well, spice is the most valuable asset in this particular universe and it's like far far in the future it's like 10 something like ten thousand something in the future is in the future that's correct yes all right is that right that is correct <laughs> oh finally meeting timothy chalamet's character who he is the son of the greatest actor of our generation oscar isaac or as i call him oscar pacino oscar de niro oscar isaac plays duke leto atreides and correct. What happens is that his son is Timothy Chalamet's character, Paul, and Paul's kind of like the center of the story. Then there's also Rebecca Ferguson, who played in Mission Impossible. She was Tom Cruise's wife, Mission Impossible. But that's his mother, Paul's mother, is being trained to lead. His father, again, is a well-known, noble person. His father's going to be granted this planet, Arrakis, in order to facilitate the extraction of spice. Asteroids' character is supposed to go. So one of the problems is that Paul keeps dreaming about Zendebe and Zendaya. Zendaya, also Arrakis, and he doesn't really understand the context, but also his mother has some type of psychic abilities, and so does Paul. Asteroids' character does not. So a lot of it is Paul trying to come to grips with all these visions and then the type of person that he's supposed to be. But then the biggest thing that happens is another group space aliens decides to try to go against Oscar Isaac's character and try to take over Arrakis for themselves. Keith, how do you feel about Dune 2021? So <laughs> the movie you described with some shit. Like, but okay, but the movie, movie that I described is <laughs> no, the movie you described was some total shit. Now, it didn't make any damn sense what you were talking about. All right, first of all, it was classic Dennis Van emptiness, visually stunning. Yeah, one thing I just want to say is that I think with this movie, 
it really reminded me of a Zack Snyder movie without the Zack Snyder flair. It's like a whole bunch of dream sequences with music and then really no context. It's like maybe Zack Snyder would have been a better director than Dennis Villeneuve. Go ahead. So the dream sequences worked out for the in the context of the film. So if you watch the David Lynch films and enjoy the David Lynch films, you're going to find some stuff you're going to like about this one. A more accurate depiction of source material. The movie itself, like visually stunning. Sound was great, was phenomenal. I thought one of the best scenes in the film was the one where they go to save the spice workers from getting killed by the sandworm. Wide angle shots, and they didn't spend a whole lot of time telling you, they let you see it firsthand and kind of feel it. The way the music was playing and the sound effects was hitting you, Palacios is about to occur. And sure enough, it did. When a Atreides compound was attacked by the Harkonnens, like that whole spectrum was like just the visual mm-hmm. spectacle and stuff. Let's see mm-hmm. where good digital effects versus bad and overly done visual effects comes in. You almost believe that he actually did craft some models and put that stuff together and just somehow made it look about as photorealistic as you can get nowadays. And coming from watching a Marvel film, you can see the obvious difference. The story itself, I'll admit it dragged on in some places. <laughs> it, it, it dragged on in, in some places where I guess he was trying to let the imagery tell the story. And Dune's a lot more wordier than that hard to let that happen but at the same time it was such good visuals were kind of taken along for that like i myself knew what the hell was going on so i had seen these things i i pegged exactly what was happening but i could see if a, a person who's an audience who only had david lynch's film to go by or they'd not they're coming into this cold don't know anything about it they might be a little lost by what's happening but the music was fantastic special effects are phenomenal amazing acting was top-notch mm-hmm. don skarsgård as uh the baron harkonnen was underused i think if he had branched away from the books like one of the ways he could have branched away was by highlighting and focusing on the actors who were really doing their thing son scargard's character acting and kind of the menace of his vladimir hawkinen but be the one to say it kind of cut short and <laughs> only because it's, only, it's a part of the movie it's yeah not the whole movie. it's not it, the whole story yeah yeah yeah. And if they were going to do that, if they were going to kind of do it that way, I wish he had just not simply told in two parts. He didn't tell a single film in two parts. He told a story in two movies. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let's get some comments from Matt. So, Matt, how do you feel about Dune? I felt it was a visually stunning movie. The soundtrack for it, I wasn't listening to it in IMAX or any of those hyper sound places. It was loud. It was, it was perfect for the film. Uh, the acting, in my opinion, was top-notch. I knew there was going to be, I guess, a part two and a part three. I, I don't know much about this Dune series at all, so I'm judging it from the aspect of, hey, this is a movie I've never heard of before. Let me sit down and watch it. I didn't get lost. I kind of understood it. It kind of gave me a Matrix vibe with except in the desert with a young kid. Um, story wasn't very hard to follow which was very there's really only a certain amount of components to the story this film in particular but go ahead yeah but from my understanding the story in itself is the books are rather complex but uh the way they translated it to the movies pretty flawless considering that it was supposed to be more than it was but i thoroughly enjoyed them huh so you followed along you kind of got what was going on without problems 
Yeah, I, I had no issues at all. I was told that it, it, the books are a little complex, but this one right here, I was I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this actually works okay. And then the fact that I knew they were going to have another, I tempered my expectations that, no, I'm not going to expect like a big finale or anything like that. I was looking at it as a term of Lord of the Rings that there'll be a couple movies until we get to the really, really good parts. And I didn't expect to see Zendaya as much as I did. Although from what I've been told, she was only in the movie a total of seven minutes. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean, most of that was flash forwards. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she'll be in a lot of it in part two, but there's a part two or maybe even a part three. I don't know how far it goes. made at this point. Huh? So that's if it gets made. Yeah, there's yeah, it's got a it double budget. It's got a double. It's gonna make twice what it costs to make it. I don't think it will if it's on HBO Max. Well, it's I don't doing pretty well. It said it costs them 170. But overall, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot better than Venom. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully, future movies that come out can. Uh, take note on how the production the flow of a movie as well as storytelling mm-hmm. goes especially for something of a complex story so if the rest of the movies are like this i don't think anybody would have any issues with going to the movies all right so i did not like this movie i think it stems from two particular things there's you really suck. no reason for this movie to be two and a half hours no are you serious there's no reason for this this particular yes, movie okay. this half of the movie to be two and a half hours because nice storytelling because the only things that really happen is that you get introduced to paul you understand paul's dynamic with his mother and his father oscar Isaac, the greatest actor of our generation is asked to oversee arrakis he gets set up that's the whole movie paul Paul has to step up at some point aquaman sacrifices himself he technically should die twice Probably, but that's really everything that happens in the movie. And he and Rebecca Ferguson go on the run. Then the movie ends. You meet Javier Bardem's character and Zendaya Bit. And that's Naya. it. That's it. That's the whole entire movie. But Waz is dragged out to two and a half hours in a very Zack Snyder ish style. A lot of emptiness in this movie. It's a lot of emptiness in the rival. There's Definitely a whole bunch of emptiness in Blade Runner. We say emptiness like kind of like like what I was talking about, where there was moments where they just it's nothing's happening. This is kind of correct. So okay. they're either allowing for music and visual the the visual side. So maybe the audio cuts out at some point, like the the whole invading of Arrakis by the Harkonnen. Like that whole thing was epic. No, it wasn't. The whole design of that wasn't done very well. And even if you look at movies that have better action sequences than that, like this has to be on the lesser end of action sequence. The whole thing about trying to relate Paul back to his heritage and him trying to be basically be the one, he just turns out to be kind of a slightly better Mary Sue. So I know that's going to trigger you, Keith. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I disagree on the Mary Sue part of that. There's a reason for how he... He has been trained. He has had training. They established that very early on in the movie. And then because of some of his powers that he might have... not wouldn't say powers, but some of his skills that he's gotten from his mother, he balances out the being a good person, being a good leader with 
the other side of his heritage. And I really don't care. It took me two tries to finish this movie. And I was talking to another friend who was just like, he was struggling through this movie. He liked Blade Runner, but this movie was just like, no. And I was talking to another friend that he hated Blade Runner, just like I did. Looked at this movie and was just like, yeah, this movie's terrible. Again, for me, it's just a lot of emptiness. I think Dennis Villeneuve is a visionary, but he can't tie the story into it. I'm talking about the emptiness that happens in his movies. There's a lot of just kind of slow periods, a lot of dialogue periods in Sicario. But the movie works because the movie's awesome. Same thing with Enemy. Definitely Prisoners. It's a very slow-paced movie, but the story is gripping. I put Dennis Villeneuve and Neil Blokamp in the same group. That they can create very beautiful movies, but they can't tell a story. Dennis Villeneuve to take on another property, Blade Runner, he ruined. This movie, I would also say that he ruined it. I don't want to see any more movies from him. So, you can continue on. You need to fix your TV. Something's wrong with your TV or something. Uh, no, like, not, how, nothing, nothing was wrong oh, with my okay. TV. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to sit there and tell you your opinion's wrong, even though it is wrong. I'm not going to go through that exercise. So, what I am going to say is that your point about Paul coming off as a Mary Sue, that is a valid point, but a lot of the back-end source, like the old, the original, the movies that came out before, they kind of showcase Paul's coming of age. He was trained by his mother, who's been a Jester. The only downside I would say in, in that regard is that they didn't really explain the significance, the Quizzix Hatterack that they were talking about. Yeah. Like, they and, didn't and that when they would talk and people do things? Is that what so they that, call it? So, the... What's that called? That's just called the voice. Basically, the benegesters have like certain techniques that they can employ that because of the spice, it's the spice is like a psychotropic drug. It basically expands consciousness and awareness and everything. So basically it's like a super drug. It cures all ailments, makes you live longer, expands your mind, makes you smarter, makes you like weed? faster. Pretty much. It's super weed, basically. It's <laughs> addictive. It taken in certain doses, it changes you. In Paul's case, the Bene Gesserits have basically, and I'm not even going to go into too far detail with this mess. In Paul's case, they're trying to create this super person who is going to rule the empire to take humanity to the next step. Mm-hmm. Jessica thought she could do it with Paul. The Bene Gesserit says no. That's why Paul seems to be having certain things. He goes to the planet. Yeah, and he also makes a is. comment early on. It's like, I know you have another child carrying a child or something like that. When he gets to Arrakis, surrounded by all that spice, the spice is everywhere. All the spice that he's inhaling, eating, taking, all that stuff he did is Enhances having his abilities. A, changing him. Kind of where his coming of age is him trying to grow into his powers, him trying to get revenge for his father's death, trying to retake Arrakis, and then make the Emperor pay and get his vengeance on the Harkonnens. That's a whole big story for Paul. What was done in this movie, you get the first part of that. Him getting to the planet, discerning that, the kind of explanation of what's happening to him and, and what's going down is occurring, has already occurred. We know that the spice is affecting him in some way. He's basically able to see the future to some limited form of fashion. Yeah, so there's a lot of flash forwards. Now, again, right. I wouldn't say I have a problem with that in this movie because it has to happen, but I really hate flash forwards and flashbacks. But go ahead. My problem with it was that the pacing of it, there was too much story to tell in that first part to let it be told visually. In that regard, they spent, what, two minutes, two, three yeah, minutes? Yeah, talking about water and the, 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 the tree. Yeah. And I get it. He was trying to say something about how there's no water on the planet. 
didn't come off that way. It, it looked more like he was setting up a cool looking shot. That's how it played out. They could have done other things in that regards. Personally, I kind of think he would have done better if he'd have followed um, David Lynch's pacing for his movie. In an unpopular opinion, the original, that 1984 Dune film, told you everything you need to know about what was going on. Way too much exposition. It told the whole story of what was going on in Dune and everything. Or it told a condensed version of that story. I can't refute that. Like, Matt, you said that you got what was going on. My, my only fear was that someone who didn't hadn't read the book or didn't see the other movies or miniseries and stuff would be just completely lost in what was going on. But Dad, I can't agree with you in saying that Villeneuve can't tell a good story. He did a good job with this. And then Dune is complex as complex as hell. Well, I mean, Blade Runner is complex, and he destroyed that movie. See, I don't agree with that either. Like, I got that story with Blade Runner. He put his focus on the wrong place with Blade Runner. I think he would have done a better job. I think we talked about in the podcast, he'd have done a better job had the focus been on Joe and the, his AI girlfriend as opposed to dragging Harrison Ford into it. Basically. Which turned out to really not to be too much for him to do other than grovel. Anyone notice it was like pretty hard to hear Rebecca Ferguson in this movie? I would agree with that. They did a lot of whispering and modulating with the stuff they were saying. So, so there was a couple of times it was like, eh, I can't really can't hear. I turn on the, the when I watch it again, I'm gonna turn on the subtitles and see what that's saying. I kind of got what she was saying, right. and I thought it was just a theater for me. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to bring up, either one of you guys? Hopeful that the next film gets made. Yeah. Um, I, 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 no, I really do because <laughs> there was just moments in this film where I was just like, God damn, this is a freaking amazing it like, looks nice looks really nice just wasted. gorgeous movie just wasted it's a gorgeous movie man and i think it tells a story i'm looking forward to seeing more of what goes on because the second half of the dune story it gets pretty epic i will say this one downside to this that'll knock off a point in my opinion is that fight scenes the fight choreography was off they need to hire a better fight choreographer it was a pretty bloodless film too you're going at it with knives and short swords i mean you can show a little blood i mean the fight Um, sequences were pretty bad even when you have someone that is somewhat experienced so josh brolin thanos is in this movie aquaman is in this movie and they just have like two terrible fight scenes i struggled through this movie i struggled to watch it several times so it took me two tries this movie is just not good and if the next one doesn't get made I can understand why. They will probably make another movie, but should they? Mm. Sometimes you have one shot to impress people, and it did, this movie did not impress me. Keith, what score would you give Dune Dune Part 1? <laughs> give it an 8.5. Knocked off point fight scene, and knocked off half a point because it did not do a good job. with. Yeah, knocked off point for the fight scene, uh, knocking off some points for pacing was was offbeat. They mm-hmm. kind of wasted time. They condensed a little bit more of the story into it. Other than that, I thought this was a great movie. I like the changes that they'd made through the book to the screen were understandable changes. There was an interesting little scene where he was learning the ways of the desert from people he hadn't met yet. Mm-hmm. from the future and it was an interesting thing like the guy Jameis uh, who he ended up killing at the towards the end of the film he was supposed to be his buddy at some point but and that was interesting is like he was everything I've seen Jameis is the first guy he ever killed but to kind of have the the future visions telling him showing him that he's the guy his visions of him he was teaching him how to, to survive on Arrakis and I thought that was a cool little 
twist to the storyline and i'm looking forward to see more stuff like that take place so uh, i'm looking forward to the next one and i'm hopeful that we'll get a sequel to it 8.5 all right matt i'll give it a nine fluid storytelling uh great sound great little immense world i'm glad that they allowed they laid the foundation for this universe i look forward to more action and uh part two and three and a couple twists i'm that i'm sure that's gonna come down the line so this is how movies should be made visually auditory just it was on point if star wars take a hint on how this should be okay so i can't agree with any of those stores that nine and eight like no no this it's movie is not 8. good 8.5 for me man this movie is not good Dennis Villeneuve is phenomenal is a letdown again he can show you something he can't tell you something that's what his problem is it's a problem with Arrival that I think with him he tries to get super Christopher Nolan-esque and even with a lot of Christopher Nolan movies since Inception it's like Christopher Nolan tries to be smarter than what he is and, and Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It seems like Denzel Villeneuve is following along in this Christopher Nolan-esque type of filmmaking. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for him. Then, because people keep giving him these properties, classic movies, for me, it's just turning into, please don't give him any more science fiction movies. Like, don't give him any more money. Don't give him any more science fiction movies. Let him, again, create movies from scratch. The movies that he did, Prisoner's Enemy, Sicario, those are original ideas. Great movies. He tried to do a rival. Again, tried to be smarter than what he is. Not a good movie. Blade Runner is just boring. And this movie follows along in the Blade Runner style that Keith and I want to go see Blade Runner. I'm like, luckily the seats were comfortable. That's all I can say. <laughs> like I was tired falling asleep doing Blade Runner. So for me, I'm going to have to give this a four. And a lot of it. A lot of it is just the visuals. The visuals are great. I mean, this movie looks nice. Probably the best thing to say about this movie. Because I think Timothy Chalamet, his acting is fine. Oscar Isaac is fine. Rebecca Ferguson is not very good in this movie. And then everyone else just does not match. I guess I was expecting more from this. The way that Keith hyped this up. <laughs> you know... I Yo, you hyped this up. All right. I regret nothing. It was a hypeable movie. Yeah, you are off the podcast now. Yo. Take responsibility for your failures. All right. Well, let me let me tell you something right now. You didn't like it from the minute one. I like, tried to. I no, tried you, didn't, you didn't try. You didn't try to like it. I mean, the greatest actor of our generation, Oscar Isaac, is in this movie. I will support Oscar Isaac movies, even when he's in terrible Star Wars movies. I will still support him. But with this. He and maybe trying to think. There's really no other standout performances. Nobody really matters except for Paul. Nothing else really happens in the movie other than Paul's kind of coming of age. They go to a new planet. He starts having different experiences, different powers, more flash forwards. Then day bays in his dreams. I uh. And then there's an action sequence, and then the movie ends abruptly when the movie should continue. <laughs> and the movie's like two and a half hours. So, two and a half hours, yes, it is. Again, I'm going to have to give this a four. I can't support this movie. And if this movie 
gets a sequel. I will probably watch it because Mike just sent something saying that there's supposed to be more action in the second half of the movie. The second half is basically the war. It's uh, like the training and then the war. I would hope. You know what? For some reason, I started thinking about Ender's Game, thinking about this movie. And again, that's another movie that just was just not done well. But it just kind of reminds me of Ender's Game. But I'm not saying that the story does, but it's just like the way the, the film is made. It just wasn't made correctly in order to take advantage of the source material. So I think that's where my problem is. Okay. And that's all I can say. So we're just going to end the podcast on that. And Zendebe, I'm tired of seeing you in everything. Everything. She's a popular actress, dude. All right. So... Beast Game Podcast.